0: We're gonna spend a little time in the gospel of John this morning, so let's go before the Lord. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we bow before you in the name of Jesus. And we ask you to guide us now as we open your word. Holy Spirit, please take charge and teach us what you want us to know. In your name we pray, amen. Well, uh, the Lord has directed us to, uh, this morning, to... uh, what some scholars call the uh, farewell discourse, and it begins in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter thirteen, and it runs all through the, to what they call the high priestly prayer in chapter seventeen. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna skip through over and dip into chapter 13 and chapter 14 uh, this morning. Uh, I want to, uh, following the will of the Lord, uh, I'd like to take a look at Jesus as he's on the way to the cross and his disciples are with him. And what we're about to engage is Jesus's last will and testament to his disciples. It's the last time together before uh, he's arrested and goes to die for our sins. Oh, well, there starts in uh, chapter 13, now, uh, verses 1 through 17. Um, You all know this story. Uh, Jesus is washing the feet of his disciples. And in doing so, showing them that lesson of humility has that problem with Peter. He doesn't want his feet washed. And Jesus convinces him uh, that, uh, yeah, you really do want your feet washed. And... uh, then, when we reach verse 18, and from 18 through 30, the atmosphere gets heavier because Jesus is troubled. And what's troubling at this point is he knows about the uh, betrayal of Judas. And so, uh, he tells them, one of you is going to betray me. And they're looking quizzically to each other. Peter looks over there and sees John close to Jesus, and he signals him, ask him who it is. John does that, and Jesus whispers back, tells him, It's the one I give this morsel to after I dip it. So he did that, and in so doing, signifying to John who it was that was going to betray him. Jesus is anxious to get this done, get it over with. He hands Judas the morsel and tells him now, what you're gonna do, do quickly because Jesus wanted to move on to the heart of this last will and testament. Jesus gets up and leaves. And in verse 31, Jesus uh, moves to the heart of what he wants to tell his disciples. Let me see if I can read it. When he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and in him God is glorified. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Now, then he moves on to something that just really grabs these disciples. he begins to tell them that he's going away. And where he's going, they can't follow him. Little children, yet a little while, and I am with you. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Now, Jesus says that to them, and the subsequent verses indicate that the disciples, when He said he was going to go, they had something else in mind other than what Jesus had in mind. They thought, well, maybe he's going to, uh, to a different geographical location. Maybe he's going somewhere where maybe where it's, it's hostile and they can't come. Uh, maybe the terrain is too difficult. They didn't really understand. But after Jesus told, him, told them he was going to go and they couldn't follow him at that time, then Jesus moved to what I think is the heart of what he's trying to tell them right now. Uh, that's verse 34 and verse 35. Verse um, A new commandment now folks a commandment requires some obedience if you're going to stay in sync with things a New commandment I give to you that you love one another Even as I has have loved you that you also love one another by this all men. Some folks say, by this, the world. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now that's what he wants to get across to him. To them. They're still thinking, going away. And while Jesus is telling him I'm going away, and here's a new commandment that I want you to follow. I want you to love one another so that the whole world will know that you are my disciples. And Peter's listening, but he's not hearing because his mind is whirling, going away, going away, going away. He's going away until suddenly it just it bursts out, and he interrupts Jesus. And that interruption is followed by several other interruptions that leads Jesus on a detour that will come back eventually to this main point. Peter interrupts with a question. Uh, There in verse 36, Peter said to him, I'm sorry, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? He hadn't hadn't heard. Where are you going? Jesus answered, where I'm going, you can't follow me now, but you shall follow afterward. Jesus, he didn't tell him. He just says, where I'm going, you'll come later. And Peter then says, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. I'll die for you. Why can't I go? And then Jesus just continues with the detour then. Uh, after Peter's declaration verse 38, Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the cock will not crow till you have denied me three times. Lord, where are you going? Why can't I come? You'll come later. No, I want to come now. Why can't, I I don't care where you're going. I'll go with you. I will. Die for you. And Jesus said. Really. Truly. Let me tell you something Peter. The cock's not going to crow. Till you have. Denied me three times. Now. Man that must have. Just shaken Peter. You're going to deny me. Did Peter mean what he said when he said what he said? Did he mean it? Of course he did. Peter meant that. Did he fail? Yeah, he failed. Did Peter want to fail? No. No, he said the other one. But did he fail? Yes. So what was Jesus' response to that? Now, folks, take out that great big 14 that's there. It doesn't belong there. It wasn't there in the beginning. That 14 was put there centuries later. That conversation moves right on from where Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. In the next syllable, Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You're going to deny me, but let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I wonder if there's not a lesson in that for us. Uh, in the times where, if you're like me, prone to make Bold declarations to Jesus. I'm going to do this. I will do that. Or bold declarations to myself. And wind up failing. And asking why. And Jesus is there. In those times. When we encounter those episodes in our life with Christ. In the times of our failure, when he says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe! You know, uh, Reuben Welch had two kids, and uh, one of them was named Susan, and uh, she would taking piano lessons. We lived right across the street from them. And uh, she was determined to do everything right. And Reuben says that uh, Susan would, on this one particular piece, would play up to a certain point, and she would make a mistake and stop. You go all the way back to the beginning and start again. Mistake, stop, go back to the time and time and time again. And Reuben says, I wonder how many times she's going to do that. And then he goes on to say, a lot of us live Christian lives like that. We'll go so far and we'll make a mistake. We'll fail and fail miserably and want to stop. And go all the way back and start all over again. That's not what Jesus is saying. Like somebody said in our Thursday night group, get back on the bike. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let not your hearts be troubled. Well, the disciples are still caught up in this idea of him going. And Peter's opened up a can of worms there. And and so far, they're missing what Jesus really wants to tell them about loving each other. The the new commandment. This is a new commandment. This is brand new. certainly equal to the Ten Commandments. Here's a brand new commandment. So, Thomas, he's listening. And... uh, There in the 5th verse of chapter 14, uh, he picks up on uh, Peter's question. Uh, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him in verses 6 and 7, I am the way still thinking about going somewhere i'm the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by me if you had known me you would have known my father also henceforth you know him and have seen him now peter where are you going I'll go with you. I'll die for you. Jesus said, No, (laughs) you're not going to die for me. You're going to deny me. And but let not your hearts be troubled. Thomas says then, well, how can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way. That probably should be translated. That word way should be translated road. And so Jesus is saying to Thomas and the rest of them. I am the road. I'm the road under your feet. You want to know the way? I'm the way. I'm the road. You get there by following me. Let me be the road under your feet. Well, uh, there in verse 8, Philip comes along. Now, Philip is... Is just like Thomas. It's just like Peter. This going away thing has more or less, at least temporarily, blinded them to that new commandment. So they're constr- concerned and uh, confused uh, about, about that going away business. So uh, in verse 8, uh, Philip says... Lord, show us the Father, and we shall be satisfied. Lord, we don't understand this, where you're going business, and, and we're confused. Just, just, just show us the Father, and it'll be okay. We'll work our way out of this. Show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. And Jesus responds... Have I been with you so long, and yet you do not know me, Philip? I just love this. Have I been with you so long and you don't know me, Philip wants to show us the Father, Philip. we've been together all this time, and you don't know me. How can you how can you say? Show us the Father. Do you not believe that I am in the Father? And the Father in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Peter, where are you going? Why can't I go? I'll die for you. Jesus no, you're going to deny me. Thomas, well, show us the way. I am the way. Amen. Philip, okay, it's all right. Just, just let us see the Father. What are you talking about? I'm in the Father. Anybody who sees me has seen the Father. Amen. I am God. I am the Father. Well, uh, Jesus and the Father are one. So, now, I'm going to fast forward a little bit down to verse 22, uh, where Judas then, this is the fourth interruption here in, in Jesus' uh, conversation with them. Uh, uh, he says uh, in in verse 22 uh, what's happened that you're going to disclose yourself to us not to the world okay so uh, so uh, Judas not Iscariot uh, the other Judas he says okay alright I'm going to forget about you're going away, and, and all of that, uh, and, and, I, and I get it, you and the Father are one. How is it that you're going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Uh, now that still leaves that new commandment thing still out there hanging. Jesus gave them a new commandment And then they started, they got caught up in that going away business until they get to Judas. And he said, okay, how's all this going to happen? How's this going to affect the world? How is it that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answers in in the verses that follow by telling them, that the Holy Spirit is coming. And he he tells them, I'm not gonna leave you uh, as orphans. Uh, The Holy Spirit is coming. And the Holy Spirit, it says in the word, will bring, he will bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. And then he tells them how he will be manifested to the world starts with Jesus and his obedience. Uh, In verses 30 and 31, forgive me, my eyes are not nearly as good as they used to be. And these red letter editions. Okay, Jesus is about ready to bring them back now to the new commandment there in verse, there in verse something, uh, 36, I guess, 35, 36, I'll read it. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming He has no power over me. But here's the secret. Here's how the world, Jesus, will be manifested to the world. It's through obedience. I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. So, Judas, how is it you're going to Manifest yourself just to us and not to the whole world. And Jesus says, no, I will be manifested to the world because I obey the commandment my father gave me. And folks, that takes them right on back to the new commandment that uh, Jesus gave them. Uh, so, how is Jesus manifested to the world? It is in the New Commandment. Jesus is obedient to the Father, and we follow, the disciples follow, the New Commandment that I give you that you love one another. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men, or by this, the world will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Judas says, okay, how are you going to manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus says, the world's going to know because I'm obedient to the Father, and they'll know I love him. And he had told them earlier, and the world will know when you love each other. And folks, that's where we are today. That's the new commandment that we're in. Uh, C.S. Lewis uh, says in the book that we're reading, uh, he says, you know, we humans have worked the train off the track. The train is off the track. And God is insisting, and insisting quite loudly, that we help put the train back on the track. And how do we do that? How is Jesus manifested to the world? Through our love for each other. Now, How is Jesus manifested to the world today? Passing out tracts? Maybe, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Personal uh, appeals, uh, soul winning? Maybe, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Radio and television ministries? Perhaps, if through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, but Jesus is really manifested to the world by our love for each other. That's it. That's, that's where we start. That's where we finish. That's how Jesus is shown to the world. That's what brings people into a church. And it grows. Because they see that we love one another. Uh, This is the message that um, Jesus was giving them, a new commandment. I give to you that you love one another. (laughs) By this, the whole world will know that you are my disciples. And if they know that we are his disciples, they'll listen. how much effort, you know, the folks that come in here and and teach Sunday school, we need to connect as a church with what's going on in our fellowship. Uh, The small groups, uh, uh, the the, uh, the craft, uh, the craft events and, and things of that nature, those are all attempts to love each other. We don't. We don't close up our insides to each other, and still love each other. We don't. We don't have that. We don't. The, the Greek word is splen. You don't close up your splagna, You don't close up your guts to a brother or sister. So, uh, the new commandment is there, and Jesus is manifested, and that's the message of this part of the farewell discourse. That's what Jesus wanted to tell them. Now, he had to tell them he was going to go. But the message that he wants to give them was, you got to love one another. That's how this thing is going to work. I'm going to the cross, and you got to love each other. Well, how do you wrap all that together? I'm not sure. Uh, But I think that... uh, Merlin, is you want to help us? Merlin, come on up and, and let's see if we can't wrap our minds around this new commandment that we love one another.